You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Episode 29 of the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm barely awake. <laughs> You've been waiting to pull that one out all day, haven't you? No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the official podcast of the Rock Combo motherfucking ruckus. Going the wrong way <laughs> on the highway. Um, this is a very special episode of the podcast, Tony, because we're actually in the van right now. Are you telling me like I don't know? No, I'm t- well. I'm telling you as more of like a narrative device. Yes, I see. Like I'm going like Tony. Can you believe it? We're in the van right now, aren't we? Uh, I don't know if you know, Aaron, but we are, we are reaching the end of our tour right of, now. Of course, I know. I'm in the van with you. We've been on the tour to get. Oh, you know we had oh, nothing to say. You were saying things so that the audience was aware of the action that's taking place in no, the story. No, I thought you were lost. I understand it. No, of course, Aaron. Of course, we're in the van. Are you okay? Are you okay? Aaron's blind. Aaron went blind. Um, color me blind. Uh, color me like a book. Fill in my pages. Don't with, worry about with that. With markers. Um, you'll forgive the humming. Like I said, we are in the van. We just finished getting gas. We're about six hours and nine minutes from the city limits of Denver. Um, we had a pretty good little tour. We're going to do a very it. special episode of the podcast. We're going to do a little roundtable discussion. What do you think, Laura? Kind of recap. Fantastic. All right, well, let's, let's, let's extrapolate it a little more than that. Let's, Laura, what were some of... This is, this is of course, Laura Yellow. from the Blind Staggers, uh, Shrek's sister, Tony's wife, our best friend, and uh, definitely the, the, the most naturally gifted person in the van at the moment. Um, Thanks, what, Bear. Oh, you're welcome, baby. What, uh, what were some of the high points of the tour for you? Um, I'm gonna go with Timmy's house, pet and goats. Oh yeah, playing Timmy's with the house. kitty cats. Yeah, so our that friend pretty fan uh, and shooting beer cans. Oh yeah, shooting, shooting beer cans. Shooting the cans out of the bush, bush. So uh, for those of you who followed our our Instagram stories, you saw a lot of this and um, and some of the posts that we made on both the Blind Staggers page and on the on the Ruckus page <laughs> is uh, we went to our good buddy um, our, our good buddy Tim's house just outside in Lake Stevens, Washington, just out of, outside of Everett before the Everett show, and we spent the day. Having weed like four ways. Every way you could possibly. Every possible imagine. way you could consume pot, we had it. We ate it. We we consumed distillate. We smoked flour. We smoked hash. Shoved it up on they, they did. They had. They had dabs. They had this the monkey juice, the stupid juice, which was uh, 180 proof moonshine with like, I don't know, a bunch with of distillate in it or yeah. what. They Is had, that the swamp water you were talking about, Damon? It was hash water. They called it stupid juice, but but that's great. They had, they had that. They had the uh, like the uh, real thick concentrate. Um, 
not quite liquid, not quite solid. Uh, that weird hash goo they had that you yeah, put on a toothpick. That, that was the distillate. Yeah, that was the distillate oh, that you distillate. like put like the tiniest little amount on a toothpick. On a grain of rice. It, yeah, like the size of a grain of rice. Write your name on it. <laughs> they write your name on it. Who's got the best handwriting? Uh, yeah, and it was that. It was it was super fun, but it was probably and and the whole time we're shooting cans with BB guns. That was so fun. Like we were all really good at that. We were all really good I was at shooting. Impressed Especially with all of us. one of us was really good at it. Shrek? No. <laughs> oh, Tony. Definitely. Tony. Tony was really good at it. Uh, Tony was a master marksman. Definitely. Um, and uh, d- Tim had some pet goats. He had a big. Oh, Parker pet- saying something, but he's not on the podcast, so he doesn't get an opinion. Tony's still the best. Yeah. He uh, he had uh, he had some pet goats. He had uh, he had a pet. Pet, there, was uh, pig in the pet house. Pig. there was a pig in the house. Yeah. Pig in the house. Pig in the house. Pig in the house. Pig in the house. And it slept in a kennel, and we ate pork sausages in front of it. That was kind of mean. Yeah. Look at it directly. In yeah. The face when Logan made the point. It. Logan was like, "Dude, if he could get out of this cage, he'd jump up here and eat all this sausage right now. <laughs> like he doesn't care." Yeah, He's, probably. There was so many cute cats. Laura, who was your favorite cat? Oh my! Uh, what was it? Uh, striker? Oh, timer. 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 Timer was my one. guy. I lo- the little I w- black one. I communed with uh, Gregory, Gregory the, the Destroyer. Destroyer. That was definitely the cute cat. Oh man, I loved that cat. I fell in love with all those cats. That one looked most like Willie Nelson. Yeah. But it was kind of like we spent the day doing something that like you do on vacation and then you go to bed early you know you're just like shooting cans and smoking weed and playing with animals and being in nature all day we almost fell asleep and, well i did fall asleep and then we had to go play a show and just at the show i'm like ah, man i wish i was on that couch with that cat again <laughs> so okay so laura what would you say it, it with with complete candor what was your least favorite part of the trip um, your brother's butt. The farts were pretty bad. <laughs> the farts were pretty bad. The farts bad. were pretty bad. The howls. But the howls. I love you, but, you know. That can't be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Brian says, that can't be the worst Maybe part. the worst part was a Chinese bathroom sa- men's, men's room sausage. That would oh, be the worst. Gosh. Yeah, we found this. We found the sausage sandwich on the ferry uh, to Bremerton, and it's a, you probably saw that on our uh, on our stories too. That uh, it was just called Men's Room Sausage, <laughs> Men's Room's Best. And Tony, didn't you see another beer that was like a Men's Room beer type no, of thing? I, I saw. I, that's what I think it is. It's like uh, soaked in like the Men's Room beer. Is that? There's, there's a it, show like a backseat called the Men's Room. It's like a podcast and like a radio show, and so it's pretty popular. So they wait. Explain that again, Logan. There's a show called The Men's Room that I'm I can't remember if it's a radio show or a podcast, but they got really popular, and a brewery made a beer after them, and then the fairy has sausages named after them, and it's very misleading. Oh, so there's like oh. there's sausages made with they're like beer sausages then. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a different twist. Huh? All right. That's so that funny, that makes sense technically, but still oh, putting shit, the words "men's room" in your food product. 
That's to Parker, say that again. Especially particularly when discussing sausage. I know, because all that popped into my head was something sausage shaped floating in a toilet in a men's room somewhere. Oh, that's what you dicks. You saw dicks? I thought dicks. Okay, so Damien thought dicks. Sausage is a dick. Yeah, that's a dick. That's, so that's a dick th- yeah, they knew what they were doing, man. So Laura, what would you say? What would you say was overall the biggest thing that you're gonna take away from this experience on this tour? Like, I'm, what is what is the biggest thing that you're gonna walk through the rest of your life with? Just like. <laughs> my I have it saved in my purse for when Tony's acting like a jerk. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm into the... Uh, I like how you puffed up when you said that, that too. Yes. You were like, a stronger was, relationship. He was trying to look stronger. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I don't think it works that way. He's been fortified and galvanized by the experience. I'm, 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 I'm loving the, uh, the, the two-band family van tour together. It's a good that way to part, do it. It's pretty fun. It's a good way to do it, and it's what, what, what one thing that I uh, and we had this discussion when we were at the Airbnb mm-hmm. that I think this has like opened up the door to like a scenario where we can go. All right, let's go on tour for a couple of weeks. Let's pick a place in the country or in the world mm-hmm. that we really want to go to. This is how much gas is going to cost. This is how much Airbnbs are going to cost. This is how many this shows we're going to have to play right. to do this, it. This is this is how much merch is going to cost to make on the front end. Just all the expenses, and then you split it up between the members of the band. You go. This is everybody's buy-in for the tour. Yeah. And then everybody gets to have a real nice vacation. I feel like everybody was super comfortable. We had like great yeah. Airbnbs and stuff. Well, and I mean, we even though. We didn't have a bunch of sellout shows and a bunch of crazy merch nights. We offset almost all our costs for this tour. Mm-hmm. Just like every tour. All our, well, all our gas was paid for. All our meals were paid for. All of our uh, accommodations were paid for. You know, really, only the only thing that everybody's out is lost wages. And, you know, that'll be the next step, getting everybody's lost wages compensated. So, yeah. So, yeah, totally. That's very cool. Um, hey, let's get, uh, let's get a little bit from my baby brother there in the back since he's kind of a... Hello, hello. He's new to the team. So, so Brian. So, this is, this is my baby brother, Brian Howell. B, B Howell. The B stands for... Uh, Eating corn dogs off the ground. <laughs> Napping. Be napping. Be napping. Be ripping ass. Be farting. Be bowel obstruction back there. Be low in cocks. Be low in cocks. Be low in cocks. That was a Parker. My name is Be low in cocks. Oh, thank you. Copyright Parker Clark Meany. I'm so happy I came. Just this is the best, and I could stink everyone out with my terrible, terrible. So legitimately feel bad. So Brian. So do we. So just so everybody has a little background, because we have explained it on other episodes of the podcast, but in case people are dropping in for the first time, our our drummer Ty um, was unable to make the tour. He had a uh, Ty was able to make the tour. He had some family obligations. Aaron has a little weed obligation going on right now, so I'll just take over. But Ty had the family obligation. He couldn't make it, so Brian stepped up to the plate and was able to cover all of Ty's parts. And uh, there you go. Well, for the most. Yeah. So, so I I got the 
the the the really probably maybe possibly once in a lifetime experience of sharing the stage with my brother. My brother and I have never played music together except for at like family functions and stuff yeah, like that. Once before. And yeah, we've never once played in a band together cuz you moved to to New York and then Detroit pretty much 10 years ago. Yeah, it's about 9, 8 or 9. Yeah, 8 or 9 yeah. years ago. And so before that, you were doing the hardcore bands around town, and I was off up my own ass doing whatever. And uh, we we never really got the opportunity to do anything like this. And I think that that I, I'll definitely say that right off the bat, that was one of the big uh, big high points for me. But I want to know what what the what kind of the big high points, some of the highlights for you were. Um, well, the fact that we had three sets of siblings in one van. That was super cool. And um, nobody got into it. Uh, I mean, we're all adults, but it still happens. Any more than any more than usual, we're anyway. We're all siblings, so it definitely happens. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, getting to play on the stage and just... I also, I mean, I haven't played in front of a live crowd in, in, since before I moved away, so it's been almost wow. a decade for me. Do you feel like that... Turned up the heat on your desire to get on stage and play shows because your new band, Head Trauma, is going to start playing shows soon, right? Yeah, we just recorded uh, last week uh, with this great guy AJ. Um, we uh, we haven't played shows. I've been in the band for about a year. We've just been writing and getting ready to getting everything tight and having a bunch of member changes, and it's been a rocky road. But yeah, we're going to start planning in about a month or so. So hopefully we can get booked on some good shit. Do you think that this this experience primed you for getting ready to do those shows with head trauma? Oh, definitely. Well, I got my, you know, decade-long jitters out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready to play in front of people and, and blow people away. So I'm pretty excited about all of it. Very cool, man. And that, uh, so keep an eye out uh, for some head trauma shows coming up. I think we're going to probably put you guys on our uh, on our record release show. That'll be cool. uh, when that eventually does happen. Definitely. So what was what would you say was your least favorite part of the trip? Ooh, uh, the part you would have changed if you could have. Uh, I would have liked to do more shows and be out longer. Yeah. Uh, cut down on some of the long drives but uh you know getting more sleep <laughs> yeah yeah getting more sleep would that's, have been nice. i mean really that's uh i had a great time the whole time so it's it's hard to pick a low point so overall what would you say is the is the biggest biggest takeaway from this experience for you uh getting to play with you and uh getting back out on stage cool man all right, let's let's get back to let's get back to lug nuts back there. Pass on back to Hey Logan. There's a thing. Let me, let me, it's a little dark. Don't hello, worry. hello, hello. <laughs> Speaking of farts. So, so, but so Logan, tell me, uh, tell me some of the high points of of the trip for you. High points of emphasis this trip. on high. Yeah, I, I smoked way more weed than I usually do on this trip. Yeah. This was a weed smoking trip, man. man. Thank I you. Enjoyed you smoking that. Thank you. That was that was. Uh, That's something that was way different about having the blind staggers on the trip with us. Is like, it just just the sheer volume of weed smoking that went on. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, when Ruckus goes on tour, only a couple of us smoke weed, so it's a like little. Who? Name one. Actually, a majority of us smoke weed. 
But like everybody in the blind staggers smokes it's been weed. More and more, it's been picking. My mom, she's listening. I, uh, oh, so, I enjoy. I mean, uh, no. I enjoy a random reefer toke here and there. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's very random. Mm. This time it was like maybe once a day. Yeah. Like all right. The sun was out. I, I when did. The, when uh, there were goats around. I, I mean, did hit. A vape pen right before we played in Seattle. Oh, I it was, oh yeah. It was gonna calm me down. Did it help or hurt? Oh, it, it made you puke. It, it made me vom. <laughs> <laughs> I you, immediately ran into the parking lot and just threw up all over some grass. And then it helped. Then I felt better. And then we played a show immediately afterwards. I find getting really high and then throwing up or taking a dump, like that, kind of makes the initial anxiety go away. You know what I mean? You get that initial anxiety of like dropping in, and then you take a big shit or you puke, and and you feel way better. So I don't the, know if that that, that was a, a low point, <laughs> and then a very high point, like like, like a super a, high point right afterwards. Away. Yeah. So uh, you you had you had an experience with uh, with a fog machine. Oh yeah yeah I uh, last night. Uh, there was a fog machine right next to me on stage, and all it was was just a little remote with a button on it. So I just reached over and put my elbow on it and just ran the fog machine while we were playing. And then the owner of the club was like, that was amazing. No one's ever done that. And I was like, really? It really wasn't that hard, man. Dude, that, sh- that show was cool. That show was like the perfect cap on the tour because no, it was the most... It was the most cartoonishly stereotypical road gig you oh. could have. Yeah. And you're playing for li- we were playing for literally the bartender and the neighborhood drag queen. Yep. And she was very friendly. Oh, she yep. was awesome. She was super cool, super nice. But at the end of the show, I gave tambourines to her and was the owner of the bar because I was like, listen. Pretty much everybody in this bar is in the band, so I figure you guys have to be in the band too. And they were there. They were like, "Oh, that's great!" That was great. Uh, You could tell they really had fun doing that, but I had to lean into be Howl because I had a drag queen shaking a tambourine to whatever rhythm she was right next to you. And I was like, fuck, I can't pay attention to that. I gotta pay attention to that. I mean, so. she obviously dances to the beat of a different drum. Mm, so, right. you know, I think that means that the tempo is... It didn't is help that it was awesome. raining outside. So. Yeah. Uh, so that was super fun. Um, the goats. You were talking about the goats. Oh, yeah. Um, I heard... Timmy had goats, and then we got up there, and there were three goats. There were two little baby goats and one big goat. They called Daddy Goat. Daddy Goat. And uh, we got to pet goats, and you wanted to pick one up and make it scream. I well, I didn't want to make it scream, but they not really make it scream as much as just like try to figure out what that sounds all about. Timmy said that if you picked up the baby goats, they screamed bloody murder. And I was like, I don't care. I want to pick one of those goats up. And then Shrek suggested scaring the goats. <laughs> Into being because, uh, fainting goats. Because I think Shrek thinks all goats are fainting goats. If you scare them enough. If you scare them enough, what they'll say. Let's go out and scare those goats. What, what did Shrek say? Oh, uh, what did he say? Uh, he tried to get my brother. My just bro- not doing it right. <laughs> if they don't faint, you're just not scaring them enough or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, cool. 
So, so you're not trying hard enough. You're not trying hard enough. Yeah. So wait, would you say your least favorite part was was smoking a vape pen and letting out a ferocious vom in the grass uh, outside? That was pretty bad for me. <laughs> but what else was less than ideal for Let's you? See, uh, there are a couple long drives that have been. Long drives are tough. We're in the middle of the longest drive right now. Like ever. Yeah. The history of mankind. It's a 20-hour it's a drive. Like, we've been in the van since the show ended in Bellingham last night, and we're in Utah right now. Yeah. After, after the show in Bellingham, we... Or in Wyoming now. We went to a gas station, and everybody was either kind of drunk or... Well, everybody was either really drunk or really high. Or we went, really drunk and high. Yeah. And we went to a gas station. I feel like everyone made poor, poor... Snack decisions. Dude, Probably I got killer Parker. snacks. I got a lunchable. I was plenty happy. I got my hard boiled eggs. Yeah, so it smelled in here all day. So <laughs> the moral of the story. Uh, so overall, what would you say was the was the biggest takeaway from this for you? Uh, it was it was cool going on taking the family band on the road. You know, yeah, uh, like. We, at every show, we'd get Laura or Damien up on stage to sing songs with us, or I'd pass my bass off to Shrek, or, you know, it was just cool to be able to interchange and just kind of party, and, yeah, I think that was just special. We should we should do it again. Mm-hmm. We should definitely uh, maybe take it to a place where... Where we've got a little bit more pull You know what I mean Like Damien and I were talking about doing this in the south We think something like this would do really well In the oh, south yeah. Like go through like Texas and Louisiana and Germany man Fucking Germany. Ger- The Germans would love it They sure would It would be really cool if we could get over to Germany with the, with the family Four band experience sure. That'd be cool Those of you who are listening in Germany uh, Man let us happen. Help make us it make happen. it happen Let us know if you wanted to uh, If you want us to bring the blind staggers over with us well, cool. Thanks, Logs. Let's uh, let's talk to Parker back there. If we can, we can do this. But you're gonna have to do the interview. Over. Me? Yeah, you're gonna have to interview Parker. Hey, Parker. I don't want to do the podcast. <laughs> How come you don't want to do no podcast, Parker? How come you won't do Rosie Pack, Parker? I don't have to, do I? What? I mean, How you come, don't have Parker? To. You don't have to do whatever you don't want to. I won't make you do anything. Parker declines interview. Be the shy guy. He's the shy guy. He's the strong, silent Parker type. Parker declines. The shades of the band. Oh, let's talk. Let's talk to Mr. Tiny. Should Tiny. we start? You know, every yeah, time I try and right. type out your name on my phone, Tony, yeah. it comes up as Tiny first. Of course, that's a word. So maybe <laughs> we should start dressing <laughs> Tiny up like. Uh, works. Maybe we, Tiny, maybe we should start dressing you up like Tiny, or maybe we should start dressing you up like Tony and calling you Tiny Lee. <laughs> so, so Tiny, what, uh, what would you say was, um, some of the, the high points of the trip for you? Um, let's see, uh, what was it, driving into Oregon? Fucking like all night driving in there just because it was I've never been to that part of the country right there and it was super pretty. Oh yeah. Uh, that was pretty rad. Um, definitely yeah, Tim's house, goats and the dogs and the cats and taking the house and all that was pretty sweet. 
And I don't know, I mean, like, honestly, all the shows were really fun to play, regardless of, you know, how big they were or how much we sold or whatever. It was just, I thought it was a really good time, and I felt like everyone had fun just, like, once we got to the venue, chilling out and just doing the thing. The crowds were super nice. Yeah, I mean, everyone we played for fucking loved it. Yeah, every, every show we played was full of, like, really very nice people who were genuinely stoked to have us there. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, not always the case. No, I mean, a lot of times it's in different fuckwads, you know what I mean? And, and I would much rather have a room with a small smattering of very enthusiastic, very, like, gracious and kind and... and excited people than have a packed house of indifferent fuck faces who are on their phones the whole time and and don't care or are waiting for some other band or you know are there because they got free tickets or whatever you know what oh, i mean yeah, totally, 100%. like i mean i can like even like all the venues we played and everyone we dealt with at the venues there's no one that i really didn't like i don't think Maybe the good bartender. <laughs> the bartender. See if you can guess which the show bartender. the bartender was at. I was I was getting there. I just wanted to make a point first on saying everyone else was really nice. Even like even if they were a little overbearing or a little underbearing, everyone was nice except for that idiot. The bartender. <laughs> the one. Oh, I know which one you're talking we about. Yeah, we won't we, <laughs> we won't pinpoint him. him. No, no, pinpoint him. We won't pinpoint him. But he existed. He was a person that we met. But that is <laughs> one that briefly, is briefly and it took really long to an encounter. Right. That that guy was an outlier as far as the other people that we dealt with. So um, so well, okay, then that brings me to my next question. What was your least favorite part of the trip, Tiny? Um, what was the little tiny annoyance that you <laughs> may have encountered? What was the smallest little onion in the ointment for you? Um, mostly just, uh, <laughs> I, I guess the worst part would be my decisions on snacks last night. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't even... The whole like, trip. Like, there's long drives and everything. Yeah, but like, seriously, I had some poor decisions on snacks like twice and it did not turn out okay. Like what'd you, what'd you get? I think I got two taquitos and a hot dog. Oh yeah, you and got it. some mac and cheese salad or something. Ooh, yeah. yeah, it was a fun little mix. You know, it's, I didn't it's, throw up, which was good, but it just has, you know, my stomach's been twirling. <laughs> it's it's taquitos and hot dogs, uh, push out, uh, shit log, um, hot dogs, or taquitos. Um, Yeah, I, 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 I had no rhyme there. I was trying to. All I could think of that. The only thing I could think of that rhymed was burrito. That's about right. Dead air, dead air. Calling the manager of the police station. So, what would you say was the greatest overall lesson that you took that you'll take with you in the rest of your life from this experience? Um, good question. Uh, definitely buy a neck pillow. Both those were awesome. Neck, neck pillows. pillows are huge. <laughs> always bring neck always pillows. Getting older. They, they look lame as hell, and I was super against them. And now, I'm sold. I told you, man. I'm sold. Dude, they're great. Yeah, oh, they're awesome. You need a back pillow too, though. You can you can sleep sitting up if you have a back pillow, 
and the neck pillow. Yeah, I think the neck pillow oh, and awesome. just like the idea of, you know, choosing who you're touring with or who you're in a band with is like very, way more apparent than anything else once you're on the road for a long while. Right. And that's an awesome thing and it worked out for this tour. Sick, man. Well, cool. I'm really glad. This is the first time you and I have been on tour together. Yeah, totally. And uh, I was very thrilled to hang out with you, man. It's Same been great. Here. Yeah, it's been rad, man. Well, uh, hey, let's let's talk to Damien over there. Hey, D. Hey, Driving the van. Damien Christian for his second appearance in a row Whoa. on the motherfucking podcast. He's a regular now. He, yeah, he's regular. one of our regular guests on the show. He's our regular. Uh, so what what uh, what was some of the high points for you, bud? Uh, getting to see Oregon and Washington for the first time. That was your first time. That's yeah, right. That was huge. Um, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, as far as like just getting to see everything, like Tony saying driving into Oregon in the morning was super cool. Uh, Timmy's house, obviously, was great. Playing uh, with his wife Caitlin the whole time. Oh yeah. Playing banjo and mandolin, or uh, banjo, and I got to play this like Gretsch resonator guitar. And me and her just like played back and forth songs for way too long. Like I think we I think we figured out it was like five in the morning at some point. Yeah, you guys were porch jamming for a long, long, long time. Like everybody else went to bed around us. Yeah, I was I was asleep on the couch and I woke up a couple of times to the porch jam going on. But man, I mean, you couldn't beat it. Like the porch and then the view was just the mountains of Washington and there was yeah, like it doesn't get much tighter than that. Yeah, it was pretty it was, cool. It was pretty awesome. And uh, there's there's some video somewhere of that, right? Like did Logan yeah, post it Logan up? Logan and Tiny got a couple. Okay, then I'll I'll find those videos and I'll share them on the Ruckus page. Uh, and, I think uh, Logan might have put it on Facebook. Yeah, I'll I'll share them on the Ruckus page. Uh, but yeah, that was super tight. Um, getting to see Seattle and Portland was awesome. Seattle is scary to me. It's, the, it's the, one of the first towns I've ever been in where like, like people are always bitching about, oh, driving in New York is crazy. You don't do that there. And like, I've driven through New York with a trailer before and it's fine. Like downtown Manhattan, no problem. Seattle is sketchball city. Yeah, yeah. Those inclines are super sketchy. Yep. And, oh yeah. Uh, we, had, we ended up having to get the brakes. The we ended up having to get the brakes fixed twice. Yes. Because the, the brakes were on the, the verge of going. And no, if, if that was in Chicago, we would have been able to ride those brakes out for a for while. A month. Oh, for a month, yeah. <laughs> Dude, get real. No, yeah, they got destroyed just because we, we were, our, uh, our Airbnb was up in Newcastle, which, I mean, everywhere in Seattle's hilly, but we were kind of in a little bit of a remote area, like suburb of the city that was particularly hilly. So getting in and out every night was just like, well, the whole thing's hilly. I mean, you go straight to downtown. You go to Pikes Peak, where we're Dude, you know, fish market. Was like that place 45 got like 45 Oh, the the, the Pike Pike Street Market. Yeah, it's got like 45 degree angle streets, man. Yeah, that's insane. That was, that was really cool. See those people parallel park on those streets? They're real. Yeah. Like I, I like pride myself on how good I am at like parking my van. And like I looked at that and was like, I don't want anything to do with that shit. <laughs> 
So would you say that was uh, that was the lowest point of the? No, it was it was weird because like it, it bummed me out to drive on them, but it was also like an awesome experience. Right, right. So you would hate to do it every day. I would. I couldn't see myself do that being my commute. Although that one drive in from Newcastle into uh, Seattle. That view, when you were like, oh, that's not a bad view coming in every day to work, huh? Yeah, yeah. That view was pretty cool. I don't remember what bridge it was, but it was awesome. Yeah, that was really cool. I think that was like the West Seattle Bridge or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was really cool. The, the uh, going on the ferry, that yeah. was sick. I going on that. the ferry was tight. I loved that. That was very fun. Super glad we got to do that. Uh, unnecessary, but fun. Yeah, totally unnecessary. <laughs> totally unnecessary and expensive, yes. but totally worth it. I'm really glad you guys got to have that experience. And, I mean, for a boat ride for nine people, it's not too bad. No, I mean, and also we got to do stuff to get, like, something together instead of just riding in the van, which we have plenty of time doing. Right, and we were we were talking about when we... When we kept having because we did have to go get the uh, the, the brakes fixed twice we had yes. two two experiences where we had to go take care of that and we were talking about how how uh, there's this experience being on tour where you make a bunch of plans and then fate kind of intervenes and the tour takes you wherever the tour takes you and it takes you to some inconvenient places once in a while but what generally ends up happening is those periods of inconvenience lead to something else that would not have happened otherwise. Like Perlis. Like, like what? Like Perlis house. And, uh, yeah, we had time, so we did time Yeah, we had, we had time to go hang out with Lenny and Carla, and we had time, we had, the, the, yeah, we had time to go to the market, and we weren't planning on that originally, and, and, you know, going to the market, oh God, one of my favorite memories on the market is Parker went off on his own to go find a uh, vegan place to go eat. And oh, Parker man. Parker saw Kevin Smith in a restaurant and looking all good and healthy because Kevin Smith switched to vegan uh, after he had a heart attack. So Parker happened to spot him and nobody else recognized him because he was looking all healthy and fit and stuff. And Parker ran up and, and you know, tapped him and, and said, hey man, Vegan looks good on you. You you look great. Da 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 da. Have a good one. Nice to meet you. Blah blah blah. Whatever it was, and uh, and so he was super stoked on that. And while this is going on, we're waiting in line at um, the Pike Street Chowder. This part's not funny. House. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> this part's great. And uh, Tony That's just funny. gets shit on by a bird. <laughs> like shit all over. Like it's maybe shit. shit. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. We don't know. No, and that was the thing. That was definitely shit. Yeah. And uh, and my favorite part was the guy who was uh, working the line, handing out the menus for people that were waiting to get their food orders. He actually stepped in and did a little PR work. Yeah, right. He came. He basically like. He I was like, no, birds don't shit on people yeah, at our yeah. restaurant. I got shit on my fucking shoulder, and he told me it was vomit, like, basically. No, 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 he no, said, he said, somebody up above you is probably eating food, and that's probably food that fell on. And there's nobody up there, by the way. And if somebody's up there, there's no tables or anything. So if they're up there, there's over the side of the railing, either spitting or vomiting food. Yeah, he would have much, he would have rather that it was food falling on you from up above 
than shit. It was definitely more shit. No, dude, that bird crapped all over you. So then, so then we're like watching the crazy parkour guy dance around over there. While eating delicious sandwiches. Oh, well, yeah. While eating delicious, delicious yeah. Delicious chowder, total tourist stop, but totally worth it. Um, and uh, and crab and shrimp salad sandwiches, so good. And Par- uh, we finish eating and Parker walks up and he's telling us about his experience with uh, with Kevin Smith. And then we're like, we're like, and Tony got shit on by a bird and Parker goes, man, what a great day. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things. Uh, so, so Damien, what would you say was the greatest, uh, the, the greatest lesson, the greatest learning, the greatest just idea that you will integrate and in going forward take with you in your life? Uh, scoring wise, Airbnbs is tight. Yep. That's super cool. Way to go. Especially with uh, this many people on the tour. Uh, I. I don't know whether I like took like take from it. I, I know that I really enjoyed being with everyone on the tour. That uh, going on the family package tour was is a blast, and uh, I was surprised and stoked on how well everybody got along. And like, yeah, I mean, I knew we were gonna have good times, but like, nobody really got crabby or anything like that. Well, eight hours of sleep will do that for you. Yeah, true. And uh, showers. Not yep. showers. And you were saying like how much weed was smoked on this tour. That's like, true. There wasn't a ton of hungover, grouchy, fuck yous in the morning. It was like oh, I slept a bunch and I don't feel very good. Oh, you got a joint tight, and then the day progressed from there. Right. The reason the reason why you like your hangover was just all the garbage you ate the night before from getting too stoned. Yeah. <laughs> Where, whereas, whereas in the past you have this the already pre-existing tension of being in tour, on tour, and the stresses related to money and vehicle and performance, and you're not sleeping at night, or you're sleeping on someone's floor, and you're eating garbage, and you're not getting showers, and I, I don't know, I figured out a few years ago that the, 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 the base of the pyramid of that hierarchy of needs, like food and shelter, you know, uh, a place for people to to sleep at night and decent food to eat and a place to take a shit. You have that, when you have that stuff, the like, the other needs up the pyramid kind of fall into place. And you know what's funny is you think about doing this when you were like 19, 20 years old and it was totally flip-flop. Because where you were staying and what you were eating was at the- Last priority. Of shit you cared about. Oh, yeah. Like, the first tour I ever went on, we ate raviolis out of a can and pork and beans out of a can and, like, white bread and slept on people's floors and cared more about, like, I definitely was more interested in how, like, how I was going to get a 30-pack over how I was going to, like, eat food. Right. And now it's like, can I please have a salad and a bed? That'd be tight. Well, and... And And a shower would be fantastic. What we were able to do as a result is, like... So everybody in both bands kicked in a hundred bucks each and we put that towards booking Airbnbs. And because of that, now we didn't sleep somewhere every night. We did a long drive to Boise overnight. We did a long drive from Boise to Portland and now we're doing this long drive home. But for a hundred bucks each, 
we were able to get four nights at Airbnbs. We were able Lush. to get one in Portland and then three nice Airbnbs because Lush. they were plush, dude. Anything, plush. That's, anything that's gonna house nine people is gonna be a big nice house. It's gonna be nice enough for us, for sure. It's gonna be nicer. That's gonna be nicer, yeah. The other thing is that I discovered, and maybe in, you know, putting out the word on this, I might set off a chain of events that'll turn around and bite me in the ass and Airbnb will put the kibosh on this. But I wrote people and told them what we were trying to do and told them what our max budget was. So when I contacted the Airbnb in Portland, I was like, this is how much money we have. We're a band that's on tour. I can't, you know, I can't spend any more than this. We need a place. If you'd be willing to work with us, that'd be really cool. And most of the people said no. Most of the people were like, no, I, I don't do stuff outside of Airbnb, Airbnb, good luck to you. Or no, I have, it's a reasonable price, uh, I'm sticking with it. And no, that won't cover even my cleaning fees. But one person went, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'll help you out. And then that person automatically by default ends up being one of our people. You know what I mean? Because and then B. Howell ate the salami. And then, and then B. Howell ate the salami in her fridge. <laughs> everything else was fine. Everything else, I ate the salami. Else was <laughs> I ate the salami. Yeah. Well, oh, okay. There's that story. We're on. We're on our way back, and I'm going back and forth with the uh, the gal who put us up in uh, in Portland. And I'm like, hey, is there anything else you need us to do? You know, what, what do you need me to do at the end here? Do you need us to clean up anything? Blah, 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 blah. I didn't hear back from her until we were gone and on the road. And she's like, no, everything's fine. But tell the person who ate my salami that I'm coming for them. And I read that to the group and my brother out of a dead sleep goes, I ate the salami. <laughs> And she, you know what she sent me a picture of? Is she just sent me a picture of Scooby and Shaggy eating Scooby snacks. <laughs> she got the vibe. Oh, she knew what was up. We yeah. smoked with her on the balcony. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, she, she, told, she showed us where, like, the cool spot in the house was, which was on the fourth floor. But uh, she was crashed out of there after the show, so we didn't go up there. But before we left, um, her and her, uh, I don't know what she was in relation to her, but... Assistant. Yeah, her, her assistant, yeah. Yeah, we went on the balcony and uh, spoke one up there. And you got a really good, beautiful view of that whole entire neighborhood. It was way uh, up there, all the trees and stuff. See, this is an important lesson, too. It is bands that are listening to this, our people are out there. There are people everywhere in the world who want to be on the team and want to help out and think the band life is cool and are willing to bend around the norms of society to help you out. But you have to search for them and you need to know how to search for them and you've got to put in the time. And they're hard to find. They're super hard to find. It's like that was, that woman was one in 20 people that I wrote in Portland. Jesus. And that's in Portland where it's a city full of people who are supporters of artists and whatnot. Supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Um, also, I got to skate with Andy up down the hills around there. That was pretty tight. Oh, that is pretty cool. Yeah. You and, and Andy went skating in Portland? Yeah. and we took Andy from Boise to Portland. That, that was, was cool. cool, man. Yeah, Andy, uh, Andy from uh, Groggy Bikini and Like a Rocket 
couple great bands in Boise, uh, good old friend of ours and mine, um, and, a, and a regular listener to this podcast. This is, do you know this is Andy's favorite podcast? Really? Yeah, he loves it, man. Uh, Thanks, Andy. Thanks. I was listening to Serial today. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, so yeah, so that was really cool having Andy come share that experience with us. And and like we've been saying, even the shows that weren't great, there was still great experiences that surrounded them. Uh, oh yeah. You know, every- we were saying like one of the one of the things about having both bands together as opposed to being on our own is like if you have a, a, a show that isn't the best. We still have had the best time. And we've got each other to kind yeah, of we're just like, commiserate with. Like, the, the shows for the first time, I mean, I don't want to say they were like, they took a back seat, but they took a back seat to the fun. You know what I mean? Like, the like the fun wasn't all centered around just That's why I never remember the shows. Yeah, you were, you, you've said before that you usually remember the hangouts and the shows are all a blur. The shows are definitely a blur. Like, got my hair on my face, playing the songs and playing for that's kind of a blur. Unless there's something special that happens during the show. Right. That usually is you, for the most part. You were the audience. You know? Well, and then that stuff just gets stirs into the pot of our regular show, and we don't really think about when we started doing... Well, I'll, I'll, I'll remember stuff before the city, after the city, the place we hung out afterwards, the places that we stayed. Uh, right. Uh, the hotels, well, I mean, your brain's a faithful recording device. It's like a black box in your head, you know? So, like, when... when unlock the secret. Well, when we, when, we, when we roll into these towns and we see things and smell things and, and hear things and run into certain people, the memories just come flooding back. And I got to tell you, one thing that I find especially cool, and I was just thinking about this while, uh, while Damien was talking, is we didn't... I mean, when we should be honest, like, except for the weekend shows, we didn't see huge crowds. And even the weekend shows were, were, were really just, like, decent-sized crowds. They, you know, we didn't play for more than maybe 50 to 60 people on, on the bigger nights, you know. And, and that was on the bigger nights. And, but, but we saw a lot of people from our world, from the world of touring musicians. You know, we saw our buddies from My New Vice, and we saw, we saw Misha. That, that is absolutely the best part. We saw Misha and, and the guys from Stone Evergreen Travelers, and we saw Mike D. Dameron, you know, Michael Dean Dameron from I Can Lick Any Son of a Bitch at the House who booked us at Dante's. We see all these guys, and, and it's this thing, or, and, and like seeing Dwayne from The Derelicts, and Mikey from All Bets on Death. And it's cool to just like check in and be like, "Hey, how's it going for you?" Exactly. That, that's definitely the coolest part. How's how's tricks? You know, how's the job? Because we chose even, this lifestyle. Even, very- even on even on bigger tours that we've been on, um, those shows still blur to me. Almost like the ones that we did this week. Kind of the same kind of deal, you know? Well, and we still end up doing the same thing when we're going on tours and we're playing bigger shows. Right. It it is we end up spending our time with our friends who are in yeah, the that's industry. It's the best part. You know, our, our other road dog buddies, and it's like, hey, how's it going for you? Oh, I just got back for a tour. Or, oh, I'm getting ready to go out. Or we're working on the record. Yeah. Or I'm putting this new thing together. Or I'm going away for a little while to write. Like, being able to touch base with the other people is kind of a reminder that... 
There's no hurry. Fortunately, we're not in control. Fortunately, we're not in control. And, uh, and that, you know, being a lifer like we are, it's a long tail game and it's a marathon, not a race, motherfucker. Come on, a blue lighter. You know. Oh, by the way, um, we've been mentioning on the podcast, this, this, this is something that just popped into my head. We've been mentioning on the podcast for the past few weeks that we were curious what was going on with Black Pussy and all the, oh, yeah. the final show things. And so, we were right. I, yeah, and we were totally spot on. Um, we ended up, I ended up getting to talk to uh, their, their merch gal slash tour manager, you know, who helps out. And, um, and got to talking to those guys. And man, dude... It's been rough for them. Yeah, they're, 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 they're I didn't doing how many threats they had, dude. And the inten- what what really struck me and broke my heart was the intensity of the threats. She told me, and she teared up as she was telling me this shit. You know what I mean? She told me that they had venues where people threatened to blow the place up. That she told me that they had venues that threatened to shoot the place up. They had venues that threatened to drive a truck into the place. They had venues that threatened to kill the owner's family. Like these are these are things that happen to them because of the name of their band. Yeah, but you think after the first threat, they'd be like, you know, it's not worth it. Let's just yeah, change. Fuck it, change the name. Yeah. Like, at the same time, that behavior is not okay. Like that. Fuck that. that it's is not worth the headache. Right. I mean, just for them, they're doing pretty well. But the people, well, now on their side, they put seven to ten years into into building a brand, and when they came out, their band name wasn't a big deal. Their band name didn't become a big deal until two years ago, which is such a small percentage of their overall career. Well. Okay, so they have... They have over 10,000 followers on Instagram. They have over 15,000 followers on Facebook. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, people start getting mad at them and making threats. And they have to completely rebrand their 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 band and scrub their history. Like that's And not only did, did it come out of nowhere, but it became really intense out of nowhere to the point that people are making, and I'm gonna go ahead and use the word, people are making terrorist threats, dude. Like calling people and threatening their 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 safety and well-being like that that's fucking terrorism man yeah. that's like people threatening to blow up abortion clinics and shit dude that's not cool you know maybe their their band name is not appropriate by today's standards but they couldn't have known that it was going to change that quickly that society was going to to take such a sharp turn and I don't, I don't they think could, they could have known. Maybe not by the first time, but definitely by the second time. Even still, I don't think it. I don't think that. You're right. It's not worth the headache. I would have rebranded almost immediately. It was also a pretty dumb ending for Jump Street. So like, you know what I mean? Like, sorry you got your hand forced into changing. See, and 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 that's where I gotta, well, I gotta disagree. Marketing. I gotta disagree with you a little bit. Because that's a bad band name. It's it's an offense like like National Pussy. Like that's not a great band name either. I love that band, but that's not a fucking good band name. That's a kick-ass band that's name. That's not a good band name. 
Dude, I'm a big fan of Ted Nugent and Nashville Pussy, and they got their name from a Ted Nugent song. And well, I know that's a bad thing. So, so Black, so Black cool. Pussy, they got their name from a Quentin Tarantino movie. Well, and but that's what they were going for. The whole thing that they were going for was like freaky, trippy, sexy dance music that would be the soundtrack for a Quentin Tarantino movie. That's what they were going for. It's pretty cool. That was the whole vibe they were Again, going for. I, 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 can, I can think it's cool. All no, they've got their band. brand down. They nailed it. They nailed it, but they just chose a terrible name. But at the time, and, and honestly, Even it, at the time, it, it sticks in your mind. People remember too. it. You know what? And, and on this topic, I'm going to shift. I'm going to take a, a sharp right real quick. You notice no one's ever really gotten outwardly mad about the name of our rap group? White Fudge. Yeah, White Fudge. Like, people have been more passive-aggressive about it. Like, they don't want to book things just because they think the name's kind of yucky. But we've never... We've never experienced anyone showing up to shows, waving signs around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, nobody knows who White Fudge is. And and to my knowledge, no one's written a blog article about White Fudge that might present us to the to the world of outrage. Well, I mean, I'm just saying I really feel for him. I understand all the sides of the argument. Again, I think the band name is cool. It's just like National Pussy's band cool, but I think it's a poor choice, especially after. On you that are real, real crazy. After the first two, you're like still thinking about it. That's nuts, man. So yeah. Change it. We had one review in the publication, the Reader in Chicago. We were called Press Gang still, and we got written up. It was like there was a German band called Press Gang apparently, and the Reader just wrote it about that band instead of us, even though it was awesome to know. And we changed our name the next day. That's how you know what I mean. It doesn't, it doesn't take a big hiccup in the road for you to go. That's a fucking poor choice. Time to change. You know, and we kept, and I told, I told her when, when I, well, and that's what I told her. I was like, I was like, if it makes you feel any better, we rebranded. Uh, how long ago was it? Seven years ago. I was like, we rebranded seven years ago. It wasn't because we had a band name that people hated, but we had a band name that we hated that didn't represent us. We, I mean, we kept fourth year freshmen for so goddamn long way longer than we should have because we were clinging to this idea and Damien you were smart we clung to this idea that if we changed our band name we were going to lose all our fans like the people were going to forget about us and it was, and and then it turns out and then if we had the technology like we had have now where uh, you could actually see in real time how many people are, are really paying attention to you we wouldn't have been so worried about it because the truth is, nobody knew fourth-year freshman was. <laughs> like, like Ruck, Ruckus is ten times the band that fourth-year freshman was, and we even did that thing which in means the middle. We have ten fans. Which means we have ten. Which, which, and we even dropped the freshman off the name for a couple years and just went by fourth year. God, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> we should have just, we should have just changed the band name as soon as we were like, this band name kind of sucks. We should have just changed it because nobody's nobody cares. You're not you're not fucking you two. You're not the Scorpions. People in Denver are saying, 
did think I did think our rebrand uh, approach was fun and really clever. I got to give that I've got to give that up to uh, Martin Atkins. I did a phone consultation with him, and he gave me the idea for the Viking funeral. But so what we did is when we were ready to change our band name, we put out press releases that said that we were breaking up, and. Uh, we, yeah, people, people were like, finally, um, but we did that and then, uh, we had a Viking funeral slash roast final show at, at Moe's Barbecue. And I dare say that was the best draw we've ever had at a local show. Uh, and, uh, and it was super fun and it was a great show. We had a bunch of local comedians and some friends of ours come in and, and roast us, like Sam Talent and Ben Roy, or not Ben Roy, uh, Chuck Roy, um, Jordan Waliba. Yeah, that's right. uh, yeah, Jordan Waliba, um, and uh, Mike Heck. Like, we had, we had a bunch of really great people come in and, and roast us. Fat Body roasted us. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. And the only thing I wish is that we had done it way, 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 way sooner. We should have done it before the Rock Your Box album. And we just, we were in this bubble where we, I mean, how could we know? We thought that, we thought that we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot with that fucking rebrand. And lo and behold. I guess even if somebody would come up to you and tell you, hey, your band's stupid, you need to change it A dude told me that from the Houston Turbo Jugend when we played there. Uh, we played at um, oh, what was the name of the place? It was the Upstairs Bar in Houston, and we played a Turbo Jugend party. And some drunk dude from the Turbo Jugend was like, "Your band name is fucking stupid, dude." He's like, "You guys are you guys are a cool band, but your band name is fucking stupid. You need to change that shit." Yeah, he was right, but at the time I was like, fuck you, man, you don't know. You don't know. I've been doing so many hours. I've been doing this all my life. What do you know, drunk guy at the bar in Houston? You energy, you grow up. Turns out a lot. <laughs> so, uh, so congratulations to Black Pussy on their final tour as Black Pussy and their rebrand as as what is it? Black Magic Flower Power? Which is Black a good name. That that is That's a good a name. Killer name. That's a killer name. For that band particular. That band name rules for that band. It's on brand, that's for sure. For sure. But it's just Black Motherfucking Pussy, isn't it? Yeah. It's the initials for Black Motherfucking right. Pussy. Hey, we gotta give this mic over to Shrek. Oh yeah, we gotta talk to Shrek. Here, pass that mic to Shrek. Shrek, there. All right, everybody in internet land, everybody on Ruckus Radio listening. We're we're gonna love to introduce you, my brother-in-law, man on base, man you can never ever see his face, the man with the backwards brain. Here is my guy, Shrek. Mister Never Will I Ever. Mister Never Will I Ever. Shrekleton Zelinski. So, Shrek, what were some of your favorite parts of the tour? Oh. I mean, the biggest highlights were obviously Pig in the House. Pig in the House? <laughs> <laughs> obviously Pig in the House. Uh, and 
and then the fact that Tony and I both kind of freaked out simultaneously without knowing about each other, <laughs> how each other were going to react. Yeah, we uh, we, we went. We were like sitting there watching Timmy. Oh, with bated breath. With, like just waiting for it to claw across the threshold. And then that last hoof just kind of waiting across the threshold. But as soon as it did, me and Shrek bump. Pick it the hell! <laughs> In unison. It was fantastic. Pick in the house! Pick in the house! Perfectly synchronized pink in the house. <laughs> yeah, we had a bit of a BB gun battle as well. Tony? Shrek! Shrek! It's debatable who won or lost that one. Man, all I know is that we shot the shit out of some cans. That was fun. That was the best, dude. Maybe we, maybe instead of even playing shows, we should just go around to friends' houses and just invade for a day and shoot BB guns and <laughs> smoke weed. Oh yeah, see the the working vacation, man. Okay, so so what else? What else were you a big fan of, Shrek? As a fan of being on the water, the ferry was something. That was really cool. Something was, yeah, that was, that was something. Yeah. That was something. Something you really can't do in Chicago, so. Move, so. Moving into the sunset on Puget Sound, like, I think that's the body of water we were on. Yeah. Pretty sure. That's Puget Sound, right? Yeah, yeah just moving, moving across Puget Sound at like 35 miles an hour. I don't know how many knots that is. Eating men's room sausages and clam chowder, and and just looking at the houses on the shoreline and the evergreens and the food. It was so cool, man. It was definitely definitely an experience. Definitely something I will not forget. What was your favorite show? Favorite show. Slims was real fun. The outdoor stage at Slims is really cool. That's it was, a, it was a really cool venue. Chili. Chili was delicious. Shout out to Kristen and Olivia for coming out. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Kristen and Olivia. That was good to see some familiar faces. And, uh, but yeah, I'd say out of all of them, Slims was probably my favorite to play. I ran into, I ran into people at, at multiple of the shows that were like, they were like, yeah, we actually played with you guys something like 10 years ago when you were fourth year freshman. And yeah, you know, I met you or I've been coming to see you guys for years. There was the one guy, um, what's his name? Uh, Shots at the show in Portland. Dante's, yeah. At Dante's, who, who was just like, oh yeah. He's like, I saw you guys like 10 years ago here in Portland. He's like, I'll come see you anytime you're in town. You know what I mean? Like, the, you, wasn't it? Uh, your friends, Olivia and the gang, they flew in just for the show, right? Yeah, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Kristen and Olivia flew in just just to come see you guys. Well, they, I mean, they used it as an excuse to have a vacation in Seattle, but yeah. They were just in for the weekend just for the show and to check out, like, the Nirvana Museum and check out Seattle a little bit. That's really cool. Yeah, that was fun. Kristen also came to Oklahoma City. Yeah, no, I remember her coming yeah. to Oklahoma City. So I think whenever we play, like, fun shows out of town, she's just like, fuck it, that's an excuse. See, and this is a good this is a, a good thing for, because I know we do have band guys and gals that listen to this show. That's another thing. If you can create a way to make your event out of town 
something fun that people can travel to and come hang out, you'll find out that like your really good friends and your biggest fans, they want to go on vacation. They want an excuse to visit another city. You know, open up the open up the 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 ability to do that. Well, I mean, the only person that's ever getting in your way is you. It's always you know it costs too much money. I don't know where I'm gonna go. You know, whatever. It's like oh, there's a show and I found cheap tickets and you know I go see this band there. That's the perfect way to do it. Build it over a little small weekend. It won't be super expensive and you get to just get out of town. Well, and and. Of, you know, I don't know how it was for you guys, but when I remember when we were younger and and touring, there was this thing where we kind of almost wanted to like isolate ourselves. You know, we're like, this is this is our band and this is our tour. We're out here and we're we're lone wolves doing our thing. And we became very uh, we, we we had a very packish mentality. And I feel that now that we've gotten older, it's become a lot warmer and more inviting and more just like. It's more like, hey, we're gonna bring the party around, and anybody who happens to want to join us in that vicinity is welcome. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, sure. like, come to the show. That's going to be the place for us to meet up and and hang and catch up and stuff. Oh yeah, Mark Starr. Mark Starr came to hang out with us. That was really cool. Yeah. So Shrek, what would you say was uh, was your least favorite part? Like, what was the onion and the ointment for you? Eh, I don't know that there really is one. Uh, I guess the long drives, but I don't dislike long drives. Right. So, I'm not. Yeah. I don't know that I have anything that I could see as even dislikable. Like it hurts, yeah. it hurts your back, and it's well, not yeah. exactly pleasant. But you're also hanging out with your friends, driving right. across the country, seeing. Okay, stuff. here it is. There it is. I, I don't have enough room to properly stretch my knees out as much as I would like to. <laughs> we we did we did get a picture of you stretching out pretty good in Seattle, though. I probably should have brought my knee braces. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd say it's probably the worst part and my biggest regret of the tour. One, one of my favorite pictures from the whole tour was Logan. So Shrek has this shirt, this dogs playing poker, button up, <laughs> satin shirt that- uh, He's had for a very long time. He's had for a very, very long time. Like, like 20 years, right? Well, that had to be a Christmas at least 10, 15 years. So he's had it for a long time. But whenever Shrek puts on the dogs playing poker shirt, you know it's party time. <laughs> like that, that's like, that's his freak flag and that's him letting it fly. So, Shrek has his dogs playing poker shirt on and we get to, uh, we get to Slim's and they have these custom upholstered benches that have tapestries uh, for the backs of the seats, and one of them is the dogs playing poker, uh, is a tapestry of the dogs playing poker painting on this like vinyl upholstered seat. And we got a picture of Shrek 
stretched out on that bench sheet, all rosy-cheeked and having a great time <laughs> with his dogs playing poker shirt against the dogs playing poker background. That is easily my favorite picture of the entire easily. trip. Yeah, what can I say? I'm photogenic. <laughs> so where do you want to go next time if we do this again? It doesn't really matter. No, it Wherever doesn't really we go. Matter. We're going to bring the party. That, that, was, that was another... Like yeah, where would you like to go next? Like, where have you never been that you'd like to go to? Well, I mean, this trip kind of knocked a whole bunch of those I've never been there yet. Right. California. You know, maybe New England. You you never been to New England? No. Not all New England, yeah, Damien. Not the more important ones. Have you been to Southern California? No, I've never been to California. Oh, California's great. Maybe we'll I do. I want to go to California so bad. Hey, maybe we'll go down and uh, do some shows in San Diego, L.A., Orange County. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna bring two skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> no, Southern California is a blast. We used to go on tour like just to go to Southern California yeah. because it was great. Uh, well, cool. Well, let's let's see. Uh, let's talk to you, Tony. You want to pass that over All to Tony? Right, yeah. right there, right, All right there, right there, Tony. All right, all right, T. Lee. That's me. What what would you say were the high points of the trip for you? Yes. Big time. It's about as high point as uh, it's gonna get, I think. I hope we can do this again. This is a wonderful opportunity. Opportunity! I, uh, I'm really It's been a good one, yeah. It's been. <laughs> Did you hear that joke? That, uh, it's, uh, the guy goes into a confessional booth and he tells the priest, he says, uh, Father, I said I've been reciting paralingual naked ladies lyrics for like constant. Well, that's okay, it's my son. How long have you been since last confession? It's been. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's pretty good. I give that's it pretty a good. Logan, what's the Bob Seeger joke? What did you, uh, high, what high did you, points. yeah, high um, points. The kitties at Timmy's house. Oh my God, those cats were Actually, so cute. Actually, one really good high point that I, I was kind of loaded to try to show, I think maybe Tiny and maybe Laura separately, I couldn't, I couldn't just hang there by myself. But when Damien and uh, Timmy's wife um, were doing the porch jam, mm -hmm. if you walked around that house to like the end of the driveway on the other side of the house, the echoes that were coming off the mountains of Damien's voice and like the banjo and like everything, it sounded so pristine. I tried to get a video of it, you could barely hear it, but it was like, it was a pretty good magic moment. Damien thought I had left. I was sitting there for like an hour, like listening to him. Listen <laughs> went to bed. The wrong side of the house. Well, I, just, I just sat there and like pulled up a chair and 
was like by myself. That's why I eventually went and got people. I was like, you got somebody else got to join this with me. That's really cool. But I sat there for a long time. That was one of my, definitely one of my favorite, favorite moments of the, of the trip for sure. I'm, I'm never gonna get that again. Yeah. I mean, maybe. If I can get Damien up to Timmy's house. Well, no, but you'll have other experiences. You know what we'll I mean? Have other experiences, right? Yeah, that, you know, that was pretty, uh, pretty good magic moment right there. Like we'll have those profound magic moments in in ways that we can't even predict. Right. You know, like they'll just they'll just happen. Yeah, that, that was definitely one of my top moments for sure. That's cool. What were some of your bottom moments besides being the bottom? Besides being the bottom. Drives. Drives along. Um, Where we're located in the country, like you guys, you guys, where you guys are from, there's much closer access to everything. But being in Denver, it's like the closest major city is five hours away, away minimum. Yeah, it's super far. I think it's I think it's because we've like done the flyouts before and the tickets end up like the, the tickets on the front end are always kind of expensive and not being able to get yourself around is tough. Not having gear. Not having gear is tough. Yeah, not having gear. Long drives are a bummer. Um, I wish we had done more shit. Yeah, yeah. Or at least two, two weekends. Yeah, two weekends. Two weekends is ideal. But yeah, having a high point there. I got my wife's in the same van. That's a big high point right there. My brother's driving. That's a good high point, so I've never opened open door. Yeah. No, I think. You're just glad you get to share a bench. I'm so glad. That is really cool. There's definitely a strength in numbers thing too. Like, like when you're, so like, so well, like if you're doing, if you're doing stand-up comedy or karaoke, that's terrifying because you're out there by yourself. But, but when you're out with your band, like you feel a little safer, a little more protected, you know, you've got your group. And when you're out on tour with your band, it's like, no matter what happens, we've got each other. But when we're out with the two bands together, it's like even greater, because it's like this full, it's this full tribe, you also, know? I don't know if you get together with this, there's like no beef or hostility on this fucking trip whatsoever. Yeah. And I kind of think it's like, like it, within each band separately, they argue, what we argue, uh, Steggers argue, Rock Steggers, whatever. Right. But being these two bands together has kind of kept, I think, some of that in check. You're in front of company. Be on your best behavior. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like don't you dare embarrass me. Don't you dare embarrass me. You are in a restaurant. <laughs> well, and you have to keep it together because nine people, you know, nine people's good time is 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 hanging in the balance. You know what I mean? <laughs> if you have a fight with someone else, 
What were you going to say, D? Oh, I was going to say, uh, when we were in Portland, yeah, we were in Portland, like, I hadn't gotten much sleep and I hadn't eaten all day, and I was, like, getting super fucking cranky. Oh, you were on the cusp. Yeah, and, uh, he was on the cusp of being normal Damien. And I had to, like, I, I removed myself from the situation and uh, went and took a shower and got some food, smoked a couple joints, and was like, all right, keep it up to didn't ruin the trip yet. Yeah. Tight. Got yeah. out just in time. Because it was like, I was texting uh, my girlfriend Megan and I was like, yeah, nobody's been in a shitty mood except for me. Also, about, like, that. I removed myself before I like got under anybody else's skin or anything. You also, know I mean? also like, that, that turned up as soon as the band separated. <laughs> yeah, did. You realize that? Like, I was with Ruckus, obviously, but as soon as the Staggers went to go do the race, it was like, you... I apparently got kicked back to the house mutually by yourself and the rest of the people. Like, yeah, dude, yeah no, go to bed. You're like, you should just go back home and go to bed. You gotta reassess yourself maybe. being a human being. Yeah, but, but it was all good. Hey, you gave me a call I was, about I was, loading. I was a fucking living, breathing Snickers commercial. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I told you, you're like, I'm, I gotta be there for loading and I still gotta get food. It was like, why don't you sleep and get food and I'll carry in your guitar because that's all you have. And it worked out. It worked yeah. out great. Everything got right back on track. Yeah. That, that, that's, having that's a place, a, having an Airbnb to go to. Oh yeah. In that situation. Was, woo, that was that was the one. So key. That's, but yeah, definitely having both bands, I think, kind of kept everybody's um, internal bullshit in check. We'll, we'll all talk about the band, like individual bands when we get home, but out here we just talk about planning uh, some tours next time and hanging out with B&Bs and B&Bs. It's, it's all been very, it's all been very optimistic and yeah. it's all been, it, Which is great. there's been a lot of gratitude and a lot of, and, and everybody pitching in and lending a hand. Yeah. Like situational management, which, uh, you know, if, if we don't, have our plan worked out necessarily can can bite us in the ass in the case of like leaving equipment behind for the entire tour. But aside from that, I, I like the the situational management kind of arrangement where it's like, hey, we're gonna delegate responsibility. You're gonna take care of this. You're gonna take care of this every night. Me and Laura were setting up the merch right away, or or Shrek was helping with setting up the merch, and the the gear was getting brought in super fast and set up and locked in and tuned up and ready to go, and and everything was getting packed in, and and Parker was, you know, Parker had his job every night. Everybody had their when we went to the store and we all split up. Oh, dude, and it worked so efficiently. It's like I got beer, I got breakfast, I got this, da 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 da, and we split up and. Knocked it out of the park. Tiny with the clutch pizzas. So clutch. Oh, the clutch pizzas. Yeah. So good. So, so uh, okay. So if there was, if there was one kind of like overall theme that emerges from the tour for you, what would it be? We don't tour like that anymore. That's what I took away from it.
different priorities. And, and that that actually relates to kind of what what some of the bigger things that have jumped out for me that I'll that I'll talk to you about. But um, yeah, and yeah, the theme the theme is family vacation, obviously. Right. No, but but what you were saying about uh, about we don't tour like this anymore, and uh, I really feel like we should because it worked really well, and. Um, and it, it, it brought something majorly into focus for me, which was that, you know, one of the main reasons we came up here and we did multiple shows was because we were trying to return to a market that we had worked for several years and, and, and we hadn't been here for a while and we had really been being very strategic with how we run our band business. And I did experience a lot of, a lot of crankiness on this trip and a lot of kind of bad uh, moods and, and, and some moments of disappointment. Right, but it, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that we've been coming here for years. Well, no, that's what I'm saying is this was, this was what I experienced. This was the, like I was experiencing some disappointment and frustration and, and crankiness and things like that because there was a certain element of disappointment of feeling like, man, we've been coming here for years and some of these shows have been kind of duds and, and some of the people that we used to work with aren't in the business anymore, or they moved away or, or people not showing up. And, and the truth is, is most of our demographic is, well, kind of looks like this van. It's like 90% men in their 30s, white men in their 30s, and then 10% women. Uh, represented by Laura here in our in our live action graph, but <laughs> but but uh, and so you know I understand people have have families and they have school and they have work and all these things that prevent them from going. But but what I started to realize is how little importance the the, the business end of it has except for as a device to facilitate this part, the family part, the people hanging out together and like creating a fun experience and and going on tour together. Yeah. And I feel like that if that's the only part that really matters, if that's the only part we really remember, then that should be our primary focus. That's probably my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is our primary focus needs to be more of that that vision that you and I have talked about, about getting the bands to the point where worst case scenario, we can bring the whole family and offset our travel costs. And we did that successfully this weekend. And yeah, maybe not all the shows were what we would have hoped they could be, but we had a blast the whole time. And those and those shows that weren't super great, you know, they're just going to go into the general mosaic of overall show experience in our lives anyway. The hanging out part, which which you've mentioned before, the hanging out part, we're gonna remember forever. Oh yeah. You oh, know. Yeah. So that that was that was a big takeaway on this is that no, we don't tour like this anymore, and we should. You know, where do we want to go on vacation this year? Okay. Let's go out you, for a couple of weeks. If you want to talk about, like, if you want to tour that way, then um, that's a separate way of touring than we have been as well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But next, East Coast. Tiny little drives. 
East Coast would be cool. We'll drive a lot of time for tourists. A lot of time. Go see the Smithsonian, man. A lot of times for us to go hang out and do things that aren't uh, necessarily band-related. I also really like just checking out old American history stuff. And I've only been on the East Coast once. And when you're on the East Coast touring, you drive for like 45 minutes and you're in a different state. And you have all that you have hours. Well, and we we spent we spent a lot of time focusing our attention on markets that we wanted to grow. Right. You know what I mean? And I think Seattle, what we the Seattle market, the North Pacific Northwest market, is definitely one that we had going for a long time. It, it's one that has been very good for us. It's still one that definitely exists for us. We yes. definitely had people that came to see us. We definitely had some great show experiences, but uh, they're not always going to be amazing. I, I, well, but that's the thing, is eventually we're going to have an Oklahoma City show that isn't as good as it used to be. You know what I mean? Like, and eventually people get older, they move away, uh, venues change hands, just shit happens. You know, or you go during a time when not a lot of people are going out or groups of friends have drifted apart or whatever. You know, it just, things happen. Yeah, I guess, but, I guess we're going to do it and do it, like, make, make the cost uh, less or cost more efficient and have shows that we know are going to guarantee bigger either fees or attendance or whatever the hell. We would just tour around Denver and fly the out, or we could just tour around maybe Chicago and Right, we would never go anywhere in the United never States. Never go anywhere, and that would just be a boring vacation. Yeah, it'd be like... You guys want to go play the same five clubs over and over again? Yeah. Like, I'm all I'm all for making a prosperous living off of music, but really, uh, as long as it just offsets the costs. Yeah, as long as it offsets the cost of us going and having fun together and sharing these experiences, that's an advantage that like the average Joe hopping in his fucking minivan and going on vacation with his family doesn't have. You know. He's not going to be able to pay for his crab salad with a rock and roll song that he wrote. Me and Laura tried to do that. We Chicago and tried to do that for Vegas when he comes up to Denver. Right. Well, we had that band called Vacation Skin. Yeah. Terrible name. Speaking of terrible names. <laughs> yeah, so we called it Righteous Bucks and Sun. Yeah, Righteous Bucks is way better. Now, now it's Love Night Material. Love Night Material's great. But yeah, and now you guys... Way to offset, like, if, we, if we have to go... Saturday, you're playing display. It's gonna pay for the two tickets, and then so that so then that leaves if you want to play another show. That's like more for your fan base than like the built-in crowd of those people that are playing. You know, right? Because they also why do they always pay more? All the bunk shows always pay. Oh yeah, they always do. How the hell? How the hell? Like when, like when we played on that guy's balcony, the Eyes Wide Shut party. Yeah, exactly. That's like the most we've got paid for a single gig that nobody watched. Laura's dad uh, played a show recently at the casino. And the show, with they were treated like rock star royalty. And like everything was very, very catered to them. And, uh, and their stage was a very nice stage. And they had this huge sound system that everybody worked to do. But it was in a casino, like in this big room. But they, Show for that one. Not like a cool show. I mean, 
it, it, but it wasn't it wasn't like as fun as one of their you know regular gigs. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess what I'm saying is for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, for I guess what I'm saying, but even that, even going out to Nebraska and doing those shows, that was all part of an experiment I was trying of like building out in concentric circles. Like that was all that was all a predetermined plan that I was trying to do to like expand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the the, the five-pointed inward crush that which is it which is a great strategy um, but what has definitely changed for me after this trip is there's been a major shift in priorities where it's like oh okay well I mean very simply that's like uh, you have a show in a major market like let's say Denver for example you have a show booked in a major market and then you uh, book four, uh, you book four or five shows supporting that show in secondary markets nearby. So if you're, if Denver was your, and we've done this one a lot, where Denver is your anchor show, then you do your Palm basically, right? Then you do a, a show in Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, Pueblo, Grand Junction, and like Vail or something like that. And, and those all not only warm you up for the main market show, but they, um, they generate a buzz for the main market show. So that's kind of what we did um, on this trip. That's what we used to do in Seattle a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, we did. We did. I mean, we, we did a bunch of shows that supported um, I mean, really, we were only going out to support the the festival show, the Seattle show. So the Everett show, the Bremerton show, and the Bellingham show were supposed to generate buzz around the Seattle show, you know, and and I mean the Boise show and the Portland show. But uh, but yeah, so what we could do is pick a destination that we want to go to figure out a way to get a reasonable guarantee or pair up with a band that we really want to hang with and then just build a vacation around that one show. Then you can get Airbnbs that are in, uh, you can save money on your Airbnb because you're spreading the cleaning fee out over multiple days. Like if you book multiple days at an Airbnb, it ends up being cheaper. Plus there's a lot of places that uh, won't even rent to you if you want to stay for one night. Uh, yeah. Aaron, what were your favorite parts, your least favorite parts? Well, I, I've told you what my biggest takeaway was, is there's been a major shift in priorities, which is, wait, well, which is the, 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 the big picture for me for this is that all that really matters is the experiences we're having with the people that we love and, and seeing old friends and and making music together for sure, but the the shows are. Speaking of high points, what about uh, Mikey 
Oh, that was great. Having the, having the All Bets guys come out on stage and sing All My Heroes Are In Hell with us, that was that was great. Especially with the blind, like having the blind staggers and the guys from Moto Geist and All Bets On Death out on stage with us doing that. That song was, that song was definitely very appropriate for the experience. Because it, it was really about, it's really about when you die, you get to hang out with all your people. You know what I mean? It's like you, like if you think of hell just as a meeting place for where all the fucking cool kids are, it's like at the end of my life, I'm gonna go to the place where everyone I know is gonna be. Yeah. Well, but. Well, but it's 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 also a, a fictional place made up to scare Christians into submission. But um, when I think of it, like when I think of it in kind of a cartoonish sense, I think of it more like Valhalla. You know what I mean? Like the great dining hall where you get to hang out with your people and and fucking hunt and drink mead and party for all eternity. And uh, and I thought that, I thought that that song was uh, was really appropriate and definitely served as a narrative device for the tour and what I took away as the major theme of the tour which is all that really matters is these experiences these moments these living in the now and and taking them with us for the rest of our lives with the people we love so it's shifted my priorities from a music business perspective in a big way um, my favorite parts my favorite parts getting getting to play with my brother was very cool uh, getting getting to have that experience is very cool. Um, getting to hang out with you guys is very cool. Getting to see old friends and kind of reconnect with people was really cool. Hanging out with Lenny and Carla was very cool. Um, you know, just kind of networking and shaking hands and touching base with all our fellow road warriors who were out there. Um, meeting new fans getting to see people who've been coming to see us for a while. Ridge City Sessions was very, very cool. You know, this was kind of a, from a tour management perspective, this was the, the, the most efficient job I've personally done managing a tour. And I felt very good about it. Uh, just keeping up on the day-to-day -day work, um, managing, managing my time, and and well, like um, any time I sat down to work on the tour, I was constantly going, okay, what needs to be done, and then I would have an ongoing list, and then just knock out as much as that stuff as I could. I chipped away at it every single day whether it was making the Facebook events or contacting someone to make sure that this was getting done or, or working on the artwork. A lot of times, the work is just bugging people. The work is sending text messages and sending emails and making phone calls and going, hey, how are we on this? A lot of it is just touching, pay, touching base and nudging people, which I feel like I had a problem with in the early years of the band. You know, I didn't want to ask for money. I didn't want to talk about money. I didn't want to ask for details because I didn't want to be annoying or a pest. And this time I set out outrageous writers and 
and, and tech writers and hospitality writers and advance sheets to every show. And I didn't get them back from most people, but what I did is I got professional care on a greater level than I think we've gotten in the past. I feel like we got, uh, with the Bellingham show, even though that guy, uh, Sean, was kind of curt in his email that he sent to us, he was, he was totally candid. He told us exactly what we were getting into, and we didn't walk in there with a bunch of surprises that bummed us out and disappointed us. You know? Yeah, so we shook that loose by sending that advance sheet out. So I guess the lesson that I would pass on any bands listening to this is don't be afraid to ask a lot of questions and nudge people. You know, that that is your job, you know, because nobody's going to do it before you. Do your due diligence. You know, you have to you have to push. Yeah. Um my least favorite part, and 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 I'll just and I'll just and I'll just say this is is um, I really wish that Ty could have shared this experience with us. You know, Brian did a great job. You know, Brian did a great job, and I would have and I would have loved to have Brian here even still in another capacity. But I really I really missed having Ty here. And, and that was another thing that came out of this, and I'll, t- I'll tell you this straight up. I thought to myself, I don't want to do a tour anymore without all the guys. You know, before it was this type of thing where it's like, we've got to have the flexibility to be able to go out no matter who can go. But if I can help it, I, I don't want to leave anybody behind because I feel bad that Ty missed this. I missed having him here. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I get you. Like, it, I mean, just just as a friend, I just missed hanging out with him. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good episode, Tony. I think we covered a lot. I think it's gonna make a, a nice little app. And yeah, I um, think everybody fell asleep during this episode, so we're all good. Um, I am. Yeah, where are we at? So let's. So we've got. How long do we have till we get home, Damien? Four hours and thirty-one minutes. So we're four hours and thirty-one minutes from home. From home. Thank you so much for listening to the motherfucking yeah. podcast. Shout out to our sponsors, real quick. Evergreen Studio in Evergreen, Evergreen, Colorado. Rocket Space. Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Matula Plumbing. Uh, Transmission. Mutiny Transmissions and Mutiny Information Cafe. The Nug Nation and the 38 Brave Souls who back us on patreon.com slash mfruckers. We have just switched to uh, month to month. Um, we're going to be changing some of the reward tiers on that. And uh, there's, we're going to be shaking some things up and some people have had to bow out, understandably so. Um, but we're, we're totally changing around the platform uh, or the way we're using that platform. So uh, to learn more about that, go to patreon.com slash mfruckus and uh, stay tuned for some of the big changes that are going on. Uh, yeah. I think that's about it. Um, thanks for listening, guys. We're going to close out with a one for the homies shout out to the band that really stood out to me the most on this whole trip. Out of all the bands that we saw. Did you get a guess? Yeah. Stood out. The one that stood out more than anybody else. Let me get a hint. Is it a friend's band or no? 
It's, well, they're friends now. Okay, so it's a uh, Big John Bates? Big John Bates. Big John Bates Orchestra was definite. Orchestra? Is that what we're Orchestra? Yeah. How about that? You know, that's what it says on their t-shirts. Um, Big John Bates was, was awesome. Um, every musician in that band, every musician in that band was a, a skilled performer and, and great at their instrument. Like, there was just so much character to that band. Um, the fiddle playing, the bass playing, the guitar playing, the, the like, overall just, like, tones and sounds of the songs the, the the drummer that played the grinder at the same time he was yeah, drumming dude such a badass band so um oh real quick shout out to our producer gene skibbins oh yeah gene. uh johnny skibbs you're gonna love this band by the way we'll see you soon too yeah oh yeah we'll see you soon johnny skibbs uh yeah so thanks for listening to the motherfucking podcast i'm aaron i'm tony and uh we'll see you guys next week bye Serpent
Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. 